You're listening to the Industry Alchemist podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. This episode is brought to you by OfficeChief.com. Office Chief exists to make moving your office easily and painless. Moving an office can be a big hassle. On top of running your company, you're thrown into having to figure out what to do. Hire space planners, furniture companies, movers, IT consultants, the list goes on. It only takes two minutes to create a profile and Office Chief gives you a step-by-step action plan and connects you with the top vendors in your market. Moving your office? Log on to officechief.com and make it easy. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. I'm also founder and CEO of OfficeChief.com, an online resource for businesses moving their office or updating their space. Hey guys, welcome to the Industry Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brower. Uh, This episode's guest is an entrepreneur in an industry that's top of mind for all business owners right now, as we all figure out how the future of our office space will look moving forward. As a Colorado native, Brian Watson got his degree in marketing and entrepreneurship from Colorado Mesa University. He's been an entrepreneur since the beginning of his career and after he discovered that there's a large entrepreneurial community in Grand Junction, which is where he lived at the time, uh, and the surrounding communities, he opened his first co-working space so people could come together and collaborate. This catapulted him into starting his current company, Proximity, four and a half years ago. Proximity is a workplace management platform that connects people and places. As all business owners are trying to figure out how best to keep their team connected while working remotely, I am excited to hear how Proximity is helping create this solution. So thanks for being here, Brian. Yeah, thank you uh, for having me on the pod. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to jump in by asking, I know you're meeting with tons of business owners, uh, you know, from small businesses all the way up to Fortune 500 companies. You're having conversations mm-hmm. with a lot of people right now. And we'll dig in a little deeper uh, in terms of what you're building within proximity. But I want to yeah. hear, like, what's the common conversation? Yeah. What's the common theme of how, how people are questioning this, trying to figure this out? Can yeah. you kind of paint that for us? Yeah. So, um, I think the common theme is there's a lot of complexity, right? And uh, all of us, you know, we talk about COVID and and how that has impacted everyone's world. And I think the, f- the first thing that we found is that um, nothing is new and everything that was set in motion maybe a year ago has really just accelerated, right? And so um, when we think about what COVID did to kind of the business landscape or, or the work environment, um, it accelerated everything about five to 10 years and about six months, it feels like. And so I think um, what that means is there's a lot of folks looking up and saying, what are we going to do moving forward? And, you know, um, you have a lot of companies right now that are stating that they're going to go remote first or they're going to, you know, situate their their business and their employees in some sort of hybrid model or whatever. And so we're having a lot of conversations with folks that are trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really what we are doing. So we, as you mentioned, have spent the last uh, three to four years building out a software management um, platform for co-working spaces to start off with. 
which if you think about it is really kind of the tip of the spear when it comes to um, uh, utilizing buildings and having a lot of people coming and going and keeping everything organized. That's what our technology does. And so okay. now that we're in a point where all of these organizations are looking up and saying, how are we going to go back to the office? Not only are we adding lots and lots of co-working spaces to the network, um, but we're talking with a lot of businesses trying to figure out how to bring their employees back to the office or, you know, um, organize them. Right. Mm -hmm. So your, your technology started as a support system or, um, you know, efficiency system for co-working spaces, but it sounds like yep. now, uh, in light of all that's happened in the last 12 plus months, you're actually going to be offering a solution to companies that are going to keep their office space and just, you know, because I think the conversation right now, I've heard a lot of, you know, companies are going to probably downsize their space and uh -huh. give employees the option to come in. So the footprint's going to be a lot smaller, but then that presents management issues and how, how do we manage who's coming in, when, who's allowed, is there a reser reservation system? So those are t some of the things that proximity is going to be doing. Yeah. So that's, a, cool. that's a great example. So again, um, just kind of our origin story. We started a co-working space. We wanted to automate it as much as possible because uh, myself and we've got several business partners in this company. And so uh, we weren't doing co-working full time. And so we needed to automate it. When we automated our co-working space, we had a lot of other co-working spaces kind of pop up and say, hey, what system are you using? Huh. And that's how we started growing our software company is selling the software that we built for ourselves. Um, wow. now fast forward, we've got, you know, 400 plus locations in the United States. We've got a hundred thousand people on the platform. Um, and now we're looking up again and we've got companies, like you said, trying to figure out how do we, how do we manage our people? So to give you a couple examples of some of the things that we're hearing, you know, if you, let's say you have a headquarters in Denver, for example, and maybe you have 200 employees that work there, right? And so one of the challenges that a lot of those managers are trying to figure out is, you know, we don't want our whole staff to get wiped out from COVID or whatever. So right. um, some of the options is they're just letting everyone work from home. Uh, some of the options is, you know, maybe they're setting up cohorts of employees. So maybe they've got like a Monday, Tuesday cohort and a Wednesday, Thursday cohort and a Friday, Saturday cohort or whatever. So that not all their employees are mixing together. Right. Yeah. We can use our technology and give access to the buildings on certain days for those people. Or maybe you've got half of the building that you want half of your team to work out of and half of the building you want the other half of your team to work out of. So everyone's not mixing together. We can give a lot of granularity on who can access what portion of your building, who can't access what portion of your building and stuff like that. So yeah. we can help with a lot of that. Um, as well as uh, show data and give reporting on, you know, who's actually coming into your building on what day. So if anyone gets sick, you know who to reach out to, to, to talk with. And oh, stuff wow. Like. Yeah. So we can help with a lot of different things. And I think, again, um, all of all of the companies, all the clients that we're working with are are working with their teams and trying to figure out how do we want to move forward as an organization and kind of the, the name of the game for us is uh, flexibility and um, giving, giving your employees choice. And so uh, what we want to do is sit down with your organization, figure out what are you trying to accomplish, and then how do we set up our technology to allow you to accomplish that. So there's several more conversations that we're having. There's several more 
things that we're kind of seeing with clients um, and and then we we just sit down and work with them and figure out how uh, to set up the system to achieve their goals. Wow. And you were showing me uh, on your phone, this is all built all on the based. back of an app. Uh-huh. So there's no need for uh, employees to hold additional keys or card keys or anything. It's all via their cell phone. Yep. It's all via their cell phone. Um, they can, they can uh, just walk in. One of the nice things we were talking about is as the, the manager or the building owner, you can open any door in your building from anywhere on earth, right? So I'm in Denver with you. If um, my wife and I live up in Telluride, if someone needs into our building, I can just open the door for them uh, on, your where, cell phone. on my cell phone. <laughs> whereas um, if you have employees or uh, members of your building or whatever, um, you can set it to be geofenced, so they have to be within 100 feet of the building for the keys to work on their app and stuff like that. So wow. it just keeps everything really nice and organized. Um, another thing that we've got uh, companies working with us on is because we have a large network. So in Colorado alone, we've got 60 co-working spaces throughout the whole state, not just in Boulder and Denver and Fort Collins and Colorado yeah. Springs, but also throughout you know all the mountain towns, uh, we've got co-working spaces in all the mountain towns and a lot of small rural communities as well. So if your employees want to go skiing on the weekend and they want to stay a couple days and need a place to be able to work out of, or maybe they've got a client in Aspen or something like that, hypothetically, that um, they need to meet while they're up there, right. you know, we have a whole network of co-working spaces that they can just check in and work out of. And then as the admin, you get reporting on where your people are working out of and all that stuff too. So if, um, I want to clarify that. So let's say, uh, my company is a member of WeWork, for uh-huh. instance, yep. common name, everyone yep. knows. That's great. And somebody's up in the mountains and there's a different brand of coworking space, but both are on the proximity platform mm-hmm. because that other coworking space in the mountains is part of proximity. That employee that's part of WeWork would have access to that as well. Or yep. how does we can set it up that way. So. Wow. Um, the, the advantage when we started, our, our goal has been to connect the world's mobile workforce and, you know, I can give a, a, a big history of why we, you know, part of the reason that that has been so important to us is we're Western slope people, you know? And so right. I grew up in Grand Junction. One of the big conversations that we had when we first started all of this work was, you know, I grew up, I've always loved entrepreneurship. I helped, uh, some friends start different companies Uh, I left Grand Junction, I came back, and as you were mentioning, you know, um, a few of us were were trying to figure out if anyone else was interested in entrepreneurship and, like, new tech entrepreneurship in the ways that we were, you know, Mm -hmm. and for a long time, um, when I moved back, the whole narrative was, you know, if you want to be successful, you need to leave Grand Junction. <laughs> like that was like, <laughs> that was the, na- like I had professors told. tell me that, oh like you need gosh. to get out of here Yeah. And, and, and professors that were friends, you know, and, and so one of the things that's really important is uh, we want to be able to connect people together, right? We believe when entrepreneurs work together and support each other, uh, good things happen, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so part of the reason that we started this whole organization that our mission is to connect the world's mobile workforces because we have seen 
first and foremost, the benefit of being tied to a network, being able to travel, being able to get connected to folks like you, you know, right. uh, we got to meet yesterday and we're both entrepreneurs. We have a lot in common yeah. and we're able to just say, Oh, you need to connect to these people or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's huge. So there's a lot of advantages, um, to tying all these locations together and, and the members of these networks together. And so, yeah, if you are a part of WeWork or any of the co-working spaces or any of the facilities on the proximity network, um, we can connect you to any of the other ones. That's uh, incredible. That yeah. Wow. And when did you start the reach out to actual corporations that are going to keep their own office, not be a part yep. of a co-working? When did, when did all that kind of start? Is that something that you guys had an idea of and you reached out to, to get that conversation started and show them the way? Or did they start reaching out to you? I think it's a little of both, okay. right? I think... Um, what we've had is again a product that was focused mostly on co-working spaces, but you know the the um, the challenge is not any different whether you're a co-working space or you know the entrepreneur that has a big headquarters now. Right. It's how do I manage all of these people coming and going out of our location, right? And how do we how do we uh, implement a system that makes all of this easier for us? Right. And so. Um, when COVID has taken place, you know, we knew that that was going to be a big obstacle. We've, you've, all of us, I think are reading articles about new companies saying we're going remote first, or we're giving our employees freedom of choice of how they want to work, or, or maybe it's office one or two days a week and at home, you know, three days a week or whatever. And so, um, as that conversation has grown in momentum, uh, we've had more companies reaching out to us looking for solutions, and we've also been doing a lot of work uh, beginning that conversation and starting to reach out to companies that, that we're already in contact with and, and having these discussions with. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, you guys are a pretty young company, uh -huh. and uh, it's, it's amazing how many members you already have on the platform and everything. And we, I mean, you're such a, I've learned that you're such a connected guy living in the Western Slope. Uh -huh. And our mutual friend, Kay Henze, who is uh, president and CEO of Blackstone Entrepreneurs Network, you're in, you know, uh, in those circles, these are very, like, uh, it's got, had to been a process to kind of get to where you're at, but it seems like you've kind of uh, made headway really quickly here. Yeah, and again, I think the um, the thing that we are working on is, I mean, th this is a this is a big complex issue, right? And uh, one of the things that we are talking about is that trying to figure out uh, the new normal, quote unquote, when it goes when we're talking about return to work or whatever, is yeah. you know some of the the companies that have had the loudest voice are the big tech companies that you would expect Absolutely. google and facebook and stuff like that twitter but came out first and yep. said we're going full remote forever yep you know like so, yeah and uh but this is an industry agnostic challenge right it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur that's a tech entrepreneur or you're in the manufacturing industry or you're in retail mm -hmm. you know every industry in the world right now is is trying to figure out what are we going to look like moving forward? And so um, there's a, there's just a lot of conversations that people are having trying to figure it out. And I think, you know, getting to sit down and have conversations like this with, with you and other folks really helps give companies permission on what to do. And we yeah. can kind of point to best practices and say, okay, 
we're not all starting from scratch. You know, there's companies that have been doing this for a long time successfully. Let's learn from them, right? Or there's companies that are starting to implement systems or new technology that makes this easier for them and doesn't put this huge uh, administrative burden on managing people coming and going and stuff like that. So we have some best practices and, and let's start there yeah. and kind of build forward together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as you know, I'm a commercial real estate uh -huh. entrepreneur and for years, and uh, this is a topic I geek out on as commercial real estate, but for years, uh, there's been talk about this smart building technology. Mm -hmm. I've seen, you know, over the last 10 years, slowly things slowly being implemented yeah. uh, into buildings. And uh, like you said in the very beginning uh, of this conversation, this has catapulted a five, 10 year span down to like the last six months. It's crazy. And what you've, uh, what started as, you know, like a, a, a calendaring or like a management system for coworking, the additional offerings that you guys have, I mean, it's everything I'm hearing is smart building technology, uh -huh. you know, so it's fascinating. Yeah. The, the whole kind of, uh, some people use prop tech as kind of right. the, the language or whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think you're right. Kind of the commercial real estate industry has been, um, some of the slow, one of the slowest adopting industries for some of this new technology, because yep. there's, there's just a lot of legacy in commercial real estate. Right. And, uh, the thing that's been so interesting about COVID it's, it's not just commercial real estate, it's all these industries, but you know, people were forced to do stuff um, that they have been avoiding for a long time, you mm -hmm. know, and you think of this forced innovation, you know, I think uh, one of the industries I like to point to a lot is like education, right? Who would think that you could have all of, all of you know, K through 12 uh, school districts running all of their teaching and stuff remotely? Like that is crazy. That's and crazy, it's because yeah we were all forced to do it, right? And so how long would it have taken the whole education system to adopt, you know, remote learning? A really long time. Right. And yet here we are, right? And like the thing that people need to remember too is, you know, um, we've all been kind of jettisoned from working in the way that we used to into the new way. And so when you think about, um, you know, you hear a lot of people saying like, I don't know if we're uh, as efficient as, as we used to be or whatever. There's actually a lot of studies that working remotely, um, working in the way that we've been working is a lot more efficient because you're cutting down on drive time and, 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 uh, travel and stuff like that. Um, but this is as, as the least efficient that we should be, you know, the more that we double down on this style of work, the more technology, um, solutions like our company and like team management systems and stuff like that right. are going to be developed, be which yeah, and developed. is yeah. just going to make us all more efficient. Right. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yep. Yeah. There's a saying, uh, that people change when either the pain or the reward is great enough. Yeah. And that's most people do not change unless the pain or the reward is great enough to yep. make the change. And this is certainly one that the pain was great enough and we were all forced to, and, that's what one of the things that was amazing is we all figured it out quick. Mm -hmm. um, seemed like most business owners discovered that wow, this is this works great actually, um, and you know now they're now it's you know, the discussions around how do I bring my team back together, 
how often, when, how do I manage that? So you're, it's cool that you're, four years ago, you started on this uh, solution before you even knew it was going to become a, an issue. Yep. So. Well, and we've even talked, you and I were talking yesterday um, about some of the projects that you're working on, right? And right. how these, these companies that are remote, it's not that they don't ever want to get together, right? And by bringing your staff together, by bringing your team together, you know, you can, you can uh, do planning sessions or quarterly uh, uh, planning sessions or whatever. And work like that is still really important to all be in the same room, to be brainstorming together, to right. write stuff on the whiteboard. So it's not that people don't want to work together. You know, uh, the integrity of cultures that uh, teams have built over years, you don't want that to go away because we're all working remotely together. So exactly. there, yeah. there's going to be some sort of hybrid solution. I don't think it's an all or nothing, but it's figuring out what's the best way to work moving forward and how, do we, how are we being most efficient with our time and with our dollars um, for our companies and our right. employees. Right, yeah, that's a great point. The, the common theme in conversations I have with business owners is uh, things are working great remotely and I am scared that I'm going to lose my company culture, which is the key to our success. Mm -hmm. how, do I, how do I bring my t people together so that I can sustain and grow that? Uh, so that's the, that's the common thread right now from my perspective. Yep. So, um, well, that's cool. Um, wanted to, I don't know how much you want to get into some of the other things that you're kind of, uh, thinking about yeah. with regard to proximity, um, in terms of expanding. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think the, you know, we're, we're in a really good spot. And one of the questions that people ask is, you know, what's the, what's the status of the co-working industry? You know, where's that stuff going? Yep. Um, it's really interesting. Our systems not only manage the, the door access and Wi-Fi access and, and all of that stuff, it also deals with all of the billing that goes through the system. And so um, it, this is no secret to anyone, but the co-working industry took a pretty big um, dip last year. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, March, April, May, uh, the industry saw kind of a 50% reduction in revenue industry wide. Wow. Um, and, and it has been, has been, you know, slowly building, uh, back to, uh, pre COVID numbers. And, and we're right about where we were December, 2019, um, which is really good to see. Uh, but there's, there's, a lot of people were really bullish about the industry and, mm -hmm. and, and looking down the pipeline and, and thinking that more companies are going to be using flexible office solutions um, because they're going to downsize their current real estate footprint and maybe they, have, they need half the, the real estate that they used to have. And then when they do have a team planning meeting or they want to do a big event or something like that, they can just flex into uh, flexible spaces or co-working spaces, you know. So um, if they want to get all of their teammates together, they could just leverage someone else's asset versus having to have um, that in their headquarters. Right. And so um, we expect that there's just going to be a lot more people working in this way um, in the future than there there has been in the past. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And I know there's a lot of um, r real estate investors seem to be a little nervous about the co-working space right now in mm -hmm. terms of investing in buildings that have co-working 
you know, uh, companies in them. Yeah. I'm on the side of the fence that it, this is going to catapult that industry massively because of what you just said. And I, you know, the more articles I read, uh -huh. the more CEOs of large companies that are being interviewed about this, um, that, that that's the solution that they're planning. And you, you know, you use the term earlier, the hybrid model, uh -huh. um, you know, maybe have a smaller footprint that's a headquarters and then ha give their employees, you know, that are, probably spread spread out geographically mm -hmm. um the opportunity to go to a co-working space that's closest to their home if they just want to get out of their house for a day and go work at a desk you know hot desk type setup yeah and w we're seeing that as well um even in the the commercial real estate investment uh properties and stuff like that yeah. you know before this kind of hybrid model it was the, the name of the game was get a building and just fill it with long-term tenants, right? right? And so you've got 10 year and 20 year leases. Um, consumer uh, demand has changed, right? And mm -hmm. so there's just not big queue lines of people waiting to sign 20 year leases like yep. there was in the past, right? And so I think what will happen is a transition in the commercial real estate side where um, as you have a building and maybe you've got your X floor, that had you know was twenty thousand square feet, and you had a tenant in there, and maybe they don't want to renew that lease anymore. Mm -hmm. I think those commercial real estate owners and investors will just you know turn that into a flexible floor, right? And so then yeah. they can have more short-term renters in there. They can drive. Maybe it's fully furnished, and so maybe they have more people uh, utilizing that floor. Um, while it's empty and while they're waiting for one big tenant to come in and take over the whole floor, they can still be generating revenue in, in that dark space right. where that was not an option, you know, just five years ago. Yeah, that's a great strategy. Mm -hmm. It's like super short-term sublease. Yep, and just keep it setups, full, keep you know? revenue going in there, yep. um, keep it flexible. And then if you do find someone who comes in and uh, once the whole floor, great, let's move them in there. Right. If you have someone one floor up that moves out, no problem. We'll just bolt on this system and we can just keep generating revenue in that in that dark space again. Cool, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so before I move to, before we kind of move off the yep. topic of proximity, what's the best way for listeners that are interested in learning more? What's the website, best way to reach you? So you can visit our, um, our website at proximity.space is our website proximity.space mm -hmm. perfect so um i want actually want to cover some personal uh yeah personal things about youtube telluride mm -hmm. one of my i mean maybe my favorite town or second favorite town in colorado uh maybe the country like wh how long have you lived there so um we moved up there my wife got a job about two years ago okay and so um we we've lived there for 18 months Wow. So are you um, racing down those double black <laughs> not, slopes right not now? Not yet. Or? Actually, we, uh, this is our third year skiing. So okay. I grew up in Grand Junction and never, uh, never went skiing or yeah. snowboarding. We did a little bit in like middle school, but I always worked on the weekend. So my friends would, would go ski and snowboard all weekend. And right. I was, you know, working at restaurants or whatever. And, yeah. um, and so three years ago, uh, my parents gave my wife and I uh, passes to Powderhorn. And so oh, we God. just started um, awesome. going there. And then we moved to Telluride. And so it was kind of trial by fire. And 
we've just had a blast and awesome. uh they they do they got like 18 inches last night so Jeez. i'm jealous that i'm not there right now <laughs> i've never uh skied telluride mm-hmm. um man those slopes look so steep and fun yeah they they are <laughs> they're steep and fun it's um it's it's a well-kept secret it's a great uh, yeah great resort yeah and i heard i hear it's uh extremely dangerous and scary to land a plane if you fly down there. yeah that <laughs> airport is insane it's if you've if you've never flown into Telluride or flown out of Telluride, basically, um, you've got the runway, and then it just stops and it's a cliff. <laughs> so really, yeah. Oh yep. my god. And so you've uh, you got to do it right. Well, it's good that it doesn't get very cold there, so it never ices over. Or yeah, never. Like no, yeah. nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> and if if uh, anyone listening, if you've never taken that gondola uh-huh. from the residential side of the town, yep. Tell your right to Mountain Village. Over down into the town. Uh-huh. Oh my God. It Mind is blowing. breathtakingly beautiful. <laughs> Holy shit. One of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Yep. You know, it's very cool. Yeah. We, uh, we love living there. Um, I was a little nervous cause I thought it was like going to be just really small, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, it's been awesome. Quality of life is great. We love living there and, uh, it's nice. We never drive when we're in town. Right. So park the car and walk everywhere, um, to get groceries and everything. Like we don't drive when we're in town. Uh, and there's lots of skiing and hiking and cross country skiing and stuff just absolutely accessible everywhere, which yeah. is, uh, been a real blessing during COVID, you know, yeah, sometimes exactly. you just need to get out and get some fresh air. That's cool. Yeah. Um, just a couple more questions here. Yeah. You're a tech junkie, mm-hmm. you know, software as a service entrepreneur. What, um, what or who could you give credit to like, uh, lighting this entrepreneurial fire within you? Was it a book, a person? Yeah. So, um, a couple things, I guess. Um, my, my grandpa was, uh, was an entrepreneur and a business guy. And so, um, growing up, you know, my family never had a bunch of money. My dad's a pastor and my mom's a teacher. Mm. And um, we'd go visit my grandpa, who was kind of an executive in Chicago. And uh, I was just always really attracted. He passed away when I was fairly young. Um, but I was always intrigued by that. You know, they lived in a high rise right across the street from Grant Park in Chicago. We'd oh, go wow. visit grandma and grandpa. And it was just this other world basically and yeah. so i would he kind of got me interested in business i thought like oh i want to be cool like grandpa you know when yeah, i grow up right i don't um, wear a suit yeah maybe not, exactly <laughs> now i'm in a hoodie and flip-flops yeah. <laughs> all the time and um so i would say that and then i'm an avid audio book listener and um i used to uh drive a lot more than i do now but mm-hmm. uh i i'm always listening to audiobooks and so i think that's another thing is just you need to be constantly learning and, and diving in. You know, I think what we're all dealing with uh, COVID and return to work and stuff, this is just another example of how much, you know, I've been consuming a lot of information and reading a lot of articles and reading a lot of books yeah. just to figure out, you know, the, the trends and the directions that things are going. So I'd say my grandpa um, being surrounded by other entrepreneurial friends that help my mind go like crazy, you know, right. and then, and then just lots of books. That's cool. What are you listening to right now? Um, what am I listening to right now? Let's see. I just finished a cup. Oh, oh, I just finished probably one of the best business books I've listened to in a really long time. 
um, and it's called Beyond Entrepreneurship. Huh. And it's actually by Jim Collins, who really? wrote Good to Great, yep. Great by Choice, Built to Last, like a lot of classic uh, business books. Um, and he, so he was a, a research professor at Stanford um, in the business department. Mm. And like all of his kind of classic business books um, came because they literally studied like thousands of businesses and said, you know, here's businesses that we'd cluster together and here's the decisions that they took that, you know, some businesses went well and some businesses went, you know, in, uh, poorly or whatever based right. upon these decisions. So that's what he wrote all of his books on. Um, this is an aggregation of all of his research. And so it was really, really good. Um, wow, I'll check that out. Yeah, so that was, uh, um, it's called uh, BE 2.0. So it's Beyond Entrepreneurship. I guess he wrote the book a long time ago, and this is the updated version. Okay. And so he has a lot of, you know, um, here's what we wrote 20 years ago, and, and now here's here's our takeaways from today yeah, on top of and, it. Yeah, and so the last 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's really good. I'm reading a book called Think Again by Adam Grant right now. Um, Fix This Next by Mike Michalowicz. Okay. Um, Mike Michalowicz is one of my favorite business authors. Uh, we actually just had him on a call that we did for all of our co-working space operators. Um, so he's got a, a bunch of good books, Profit First, Pumpkin Plan, which is – um, how to how to figure out who your ideal clients are and clone clone them. So right. it's kind of the eighty twenty principle of uh, going to get your best clients. Um, so he's got a bunch, and then I've got uh, I would say outside of books, I've been listening to All In podcast. If it was telling oh, me about you that, me about that yesterday. That yeah. podcast is really good. I so. can't wait to check that out. Yep. The All In podcast. All In podcast, yeah. and then I've been checking out Clubhouse a little bit too, which is a, a new app. Um, which is really nice, you know. They've got a lot of um, discussion, so it's all audio. It's it's basically like a, a group phone call, and you can call in, and it almost feels like going to kind of a, a panel discussion in uh, pre-COVID, you know, where you'd go to a networking event and they'd have a panel discussion around a certain topic or whatever. Clubhouse is basically just a bunch of panel discussions that around different digitized. topics. Yep. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah, yeah I've definitely really heard of Clubhouse uh, from a couple of different uh, avenues lately so i'll have to it's kind of check fun. that one out too mm -hmm. that's cool so last question and it's my favorite one um it's a hard one to answer okay. but what would you say your superpower is um well my my company they made a hashtag for me called brian loves everyone okay. and uh i think that that's probably one of my superpowers is just being friends with everyone um i would say i'm a connector of ideas thoughts and people and so i am whether it's you know reading all the time or listening to books all the time or whatever uh, i always like i'm always my wheels are always going so uh connecting people and and trying to make make their lives better by making them um connected to other people or whatever so right yeah. oh that's cool yep. i like that yeah, well, it's great to get connected with you. Yeah. And Kay, if you're listening, thank you very much for this introduction. Yes, thank you, Kay. Uh, Brian and I have become fast friends. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again. It was great to learn more about you and proximity. And uh, again, proximity.space if Correct. anyone wants to learn more about it or find a location or yeah. get on board. Or email me. Um, it's just uh, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at proximity.space. And uh, that's a direct email to me. Perfect. Cool. All right. We'll Thank look you. forward to next time. Yeah, this Thanks, is great. Brian. Thank you.